the two panels that uh, the, the panel just before and this panel are the ones I've been most looking forward to. And uh, uh, I, uh, because they represent the future um, and they re represent positive change uh, that uh, I completely believe in. And uh, I, I think that, you know, the transition from the last panel um, to this one, that's the delivery of the content uh, to an existing and new audience. Uh, what I think we're going to talk about in the women in motorsports panel is, is it, it touches all of humanity and it touches the potential uh, of our sport to transcend other sports um, in a way that uh, they can't compete. And that's why I think it's so you know, singularly important. Uh, uh, I was asked, I had an opportunity, Herb Fischel, who was a great thinker and a great leader in the motorsports world, uh, drove many innovations, very competitive guy. He bought uh, me in to talk to his team and he asked me, you know, what, is, what, is you, what do you hope for? What do you see for the future? What would you want to have happen? This is mid 1990s. I said, a woman's face on the Borg Warner trophy. Yeah. You know, I, that to me is a symbol of the moment of change. And when you do that, you open up the entire world to the possibilities of what motorsport can be. So uh, I, I, I think that uh, uh, I personally think this is the most important panel of all the panels. Well, you know what? It had the most shares. So when we posted news of this panel, uh, and I followed the shares on every single panel we put up, th this had more shares than any other uh, webinar panel discussion that we've uh, organized. And I hope everybody in racing pays attention to that uh, metric and understands the gravity of what's being accomplished by the women we're about to talk to. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, what a privilege to speak with all of you. Um, and, and I know uh, I've met uh, three, all three, three of you and I've not met uh, Isla yet. So this is a terrific, uh, terrific opportunity. So I, I think, are we ready to go, John? Ready to go, take it away. Thank you. Uh, well, first off, I wanna start uh, with an admission. Um, Beth Peretta is officially listed uh, as a co-conspirator with me. Um, we, we share uh, a lot of humor with each other and we've been friends for quite some time. And uh, I first saw Beth um, moments before she went to battle for the first time uh, with her program, the Viper program. And she was radioed up, suited up, hot day at Mid-Ohio. Uh, I was told to go meet Beth Peretta and she just comes out of a team meeting. She's literally about to run the first event with this team in this car and a team I knew and I liked the people in this team, but to see her presence and her command presence and her, uh, you know, resolute will to go make this happen at the highest possible level of execution, A, she earned her way to be there, which was, you know, obvious to me, but B, uh, she was Joan of Arc taking the army to battle. And uh, I was impressed. I stood behind the pit box and watched most of the race that first path racing got just simply too hot. She was still there in her fire suit doing what she does. And uh, this, is, this is not long, I think, after you'd uh, seen a NASCAR championship come, uh, come your way with- Roger. It was two months before the championship. We were still in the hunt. Yeah, we're still in the hunt, my, my goodness. Yep. So uh, I think- It was the, all happening at the same time. Well, thank you for saying hi to this uh, strange looking guy uh, and who came over to talk to you. You were very kind to me. And I just was amazed how you went from focusing there to fo focusing on me and then back to focusing on that. And I don't see that in a lot of men, uh, this ability to basically hold the two things in two different places. So, but what you went on to do later was it didn't take much longer. And you took that brand new team and you won the championship in IMSA. We did. Uh, you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was by having, as usual, great partners and, you know, great people around you. So I want to also thank you for when when you partnered up with ePartrade to put this week on. I know that it, it was, uh, you know, several months ago when all of this was coming together. But the fact that you and Francisca and the team had a placeholder for a panel like this. And I know earlier today I saw some some people saying, well, why, you know, why is this about women in motorsport? Why can't these women just be integrated into other panels? Which is a great question. And because all of us are working in different aspects of motorsport and have different, we all have, everybody has their own story and I'll, and we'll hear about that from each of the women gathered here tonight. But I really want to thank you because what we thought we might be able to, to have be a little bit different tonight is to talk a little bit about our experience, but really what people can do and why it matters and what, what it can do. And I, I certainly don't want anybody to think that this is 
um, women taking the place of, of somebody else. It's really just kind of making the, the sport bigger. And to just really follow on your last panel, which was great about, about media and the idea of us sort of all pulling together, by nature, we are all competitive. It's why we do this. And it's a way to measure our, our competitiveness against you know, sort of a, a metric and against each other. And we wouldn't get to where we are if we weren't competitive, if we weren't hard workers. And you could say that for everybody in the paddock. But motorsport in general, obviously, is something that all of us love, which is why we're here. We love finding new fans and bringing new people to the sport. But exactly that, like the moonshot and what we all have to work toward is, could you imagine? I mean, we, racers are solution oriented. It's what we do, right? It's, it's, we we're talking earlier, like it's pre-grid and you're, you know, there's something's going to go wrong. And how do you solve it? How do you solve it quickly? And sometimes you're doing something that's not, you know, in your quote unquote job description description because you're just getting to the grid or you're just getting through the race or you're just trying to you know get to the to your next next pit stop but if motorsport as a greater community can all be pulling in the same direction my goodness we're i think we're unstoppable and our future is very bright if we all if everybody just kind of takes a little part of their sort of you know their effort towards the greater good of motorsport instead of just thinking of your own team and just thinking of this race if everybody kind of pulls in the same direction, I think we've got we've got a very bright future for all of us. I think you're absolutely right, Beth. And uh, that's what I see out of what we've been doing this week, by the way, is I see that as a growing sense. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that uh, when, when I look at this, uh, I, I look at it through the lens of Racer too, one of the most startling things, aside from just the overall growth in young audience this year through the pandemic, it, I mentioned it several times. I want people to understand it's possible. 172% growth in 18 to 24-year-old audience on racer.com. Right. That's nothing compared to the uh, growth of female audience on racer.com, which, right. uh, you know, uh, was dramatic. At one point this year, it was 300, over 300% growth. Of just women as readers. Re women as audience on racer.com. As audience. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I just think that speaks to the opportunity for all of motorsports. Uh, women make the majority of big purchase, big ticket buying decisions. Uh, as right. you know, they do. They, and the uh, thing too, the, the reality too, and we all know this, there are a lot of women already in racing. So we're there and we just want to kind of get some more women involved. So um, I very, I, after your kind invitation to put this uh, together for EPAR Trade, I reached out to these ladies who are all, um, you know, have all uh, a lot of experience and, and very different stories, each of them. And I thought it was sort of a nice combination of, of people. So let's, uh, let's, let's meet get everybody. talking about uh, all of the rest of our panel. And, but thank you for setting up, that up so eloquently. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to, uh, Lauren, we, we know each other and, uh, you know, uh, uh, so it's great to see you again. Uh, Good to see you. Uh, so uh, congratulations on uh, K2R Motorsports here. You're going to be joining thank them. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we're really excited. We're putting together the LMP2 program. And um, man, it's, it's all hands on deck. You know, this season's been kind of crazy. We got backed up. Um, so really, there's been no off season. So it's uh, taking delivery of the car this weekend. And we're going testing. And we're going to get some laps down. And yeah, we're just really, really excited for the program excited to be on board for that. So you, you know, obviously you have an engineering background. You want to share with the audience uh, your path to what you do? Sure. So um, I, I didn't kind of follow the traditional path. I actually uh, have an undergraduate degree in international relations and uh, I have a master's in psychology because funny thing is no matter where you work, you're working with people. Yeah, that's right. So, um, but I went to work for Cosworth right out of college and um just kind of doing some admin stuff, but really found myself in the build shop all the time. Just was really interested in what they were doing in there, how these engines were working. And um, honestly, a couple guys took a risk and they took an interest in me. And they said, if you're really passionate about this, we'll teach you. And so it was coming to work, you know, 6 a.m., getting all of my stuff done so that in the evening I could go to the build shop and I could learn. And I could learn from... Anybody in the industry will know a gentleman by the name, we call him Wombat, but um, he, you know, he'd been doing it forever and he finally said, come on, I'm going to show you this. And so I built my first fuel pump there. I built my first turbocharger there, um, compound gears for what was the XFE engine at the time in the DPO1 champ car. Um, I put my first piston in a cylinder there 
and um, and it was all sort of non-traditional in the sense that you know I hadn't studied all of this, but I had a passion for it and I had an attitude of perseverance. I was willing to do what it took um, to like Beth said, like to problem solve. That's what I was passionate about. And so then it went from champ car, trackside support and engine support to learning um, sports cars in ALMS. I had the um, opportunity to work on the LMP1 car for Muscle Milk Picket Racing. And again, our lead engineer, Brandon Fry, he took a chance and said, you know, yeah, maybe you don't have the traditional background, but you know how to use Cosworth, you know how to use Pi, let's teach you a new data system. Um, so I've been really, really fortunate in, um, in my career. Um, ended up marrying a guy in the business and, um, and have just continued to pursue racing because I'm passionate about it. It is, you know, as, as Beth said, I, I took a step away, but man, I'm competitive. And I, I wanted to come back because the corporate world isn't necessarily as competitive. We don't have those deadlines. We don't, um, we don't have checkered flags necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I love racing. I love the renewal. I love, um, I just love the constant momentum that we have. So yeah, I'm probably not the traditional sense, but I think as we kind of talk about it tonight, I think there's a lot of opportunities in motorsport for us to pursue people and talent that might not be the most traditional avenue. I think there's a lot of people, um, women, minorities, people that might not always get the same shot. Um, there's some really good problem solvers out there, and I think we need to start hunting them down. Well, that's a great that's a great segue here too, because I I, I agree with you. And what a fascinating background, Lauren. Uh, I think that the uh, uh, the Masters in uh, psychology is going to really come in handy along the way. In Probably recently. served very well. Yeah, it's yeah, come so in it's handy. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, you know, I, I did meet someone recently who also was a federal prosecutor. I think those two things are very useful in racing. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I'd like to go to you now, Isla Agrin. I, I, you know, I'm aware of you through uh, uh, your exploits in uh, uh, the F1600 a few years back and uh and and you're you're representing a a, a high quality uh, safety equipment brand too so please tell us about your background and and uh and very curious about the fact you're going to be racing in the w series so let's uh let's open up that well first of all all thank you so much for having me tonight um yeah like you said i've kind of tapped into a couple of different avenues within racing now i've been in racing for over 20 years, believe it or not. And the reason why it all started was because my parents and I were on our way to a karting track to go cheer on my uncle and cousin um, that were competing in the Nordic Championship. Mm. And I happened to see a female go-kart driver. And at six years old, I was like, oh, like the light went on and I was like, this is something I can do. And I kept asking and kept asking and Parents like, ah, oh, we'll see, we'll see, kind of wanting to see if it was something that would would stick or it was a in heat at a moment thing that I wanted to to try out. And um, kept asking, kept asking, and my dad and I got our license. And now 20 years later, we've traveled all over Europe. I've moved from from Norway, where I'm originally originally from, and finished my my high school there and packed up the bags and came over here to start competing in Scoop Barber and work up the the ladder towards IndyCar, which which has been my dream since I was little. So so here we are. Yeah, here you are. And uh, you know, you certainly proved to be a very competitive racing driver. And uh, congratulations on that. Uh, you managed to do something I wasn't able to do. <laughs> and I, I admire you for it very much. Uh, uh, um, Thank you. And uh, I want to go to you, Rosella. Uh, um, I, I met you last year, I believe, in the paddock at uh, Daytona. Uh, yes. Little did we know we'd be sitting here and looking at each other through a Zoom conference. Uh, oh, yes, what uh, a year has been. Well, first of all, good evening, everyone. I am very pleased to be here tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, yes, the, we met at Daytona. It's, uh, it's one of the uh, long races we do. Um, I was lucky enough to do different, uh, have different experience um, and in, in my career between the short races, sprint races, and actually the first time I did the uh, 24 hours, I wasn't sure how I, 
I was gonna actually go through with it. And uh, believe it or not, it went very fast. Uh, when I was dozing in the middle of the night and start thinking this is okay and everything was smooth, uh, like Lauren said, we had to solve problems and, and we did and ended up fifth overall, which didn't make it proud at the time, but uh, it was the first one and went on from there with other long races and historic races in the US. I had the um, opportunity to compete in Sebring's 12 hours and win that race, uh, as well as Petit Le Mans or Watkins Glen. Um, I started, actually, I got the bug very early. Mm -hmm. I was uh, born and raised in Italy. And uh, one day my dad took me to Monza. The there you go. <laughs> so, there we go. And that's where I really got addicted. And uh, it, it just fulfilled all my senses, basically. It was not just the speed. Um, was this sound, the smell. I mean, believe it or not, you the rubber leaving the pits and you actually know you're addicted to it when you don't mind. And uh, I still obviously in it. And uh, I studied mechanical engineering. I specialized in vehicle dynamics uh, and uh, I wanted to be in racing. And everybody told me how difficult it was to get into racing. And the thing that nobody ever tells you is how difficult it is to get out of racing. <laughs> <laughs> I found that to be a real challenge. Uh, That's a good point. And I want to just uh, let everybody know, you're the technical director for the USA Mitchell Edo GT customer program, and also work with Philip Crichton Motorsport. And I know uh, Philip uh, uh, for a very long time, uh, uh, more than 40 years, I think now. So. Uh, uh, that's probably the greatest engineering exercise you're ever going to have is managing that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's been a very good school. Uh, yeah. Allow me for sure to learn a lot. And uh, uh, it was it's a 360 degrees experience where it's more operation, but you have the opportunity to overlook uh, all of the aspect. So yes, it's a great school. And yes. Uh, yes, and then I've been doing technical support for our customers in, in the U.S. with the 488 right oh. now and uh, still support the historic cars such as uh, 458, uh, 333, uh, 430. That does not sound boring. Um, <laughs> racing is never boring. <laughs> no, that does not sound totally boring. certainly isn't. It's got a, a lot of up and downs, but uh, never boring, never dull. Yes, and all of you speak with such passion about what you do. Um, you know, it, it's infectious. And, you know, that spark, you talked a little bit about what motivated you. Um, the, the thing I want to try to communicate to everyone is that we share a common bond uh, of this passion if we love racing. Uh, it's a language we speak. And uh, I, I feel it when I, when I listen to all you speak. It's really uh, eloquently spoken. And... I, I think that uh, I look at you as uh, attractors to uh, other women. I want them to see, and, and just for my own personal selfish reasons, they belong here. I belong there too. And, and right. you know, you're all accomplished. You're all doing really great things here. So, you know, I want to, uh, you know, talk a little bit more here about, um, you know, some of the specific things you're doing. And I want to go back to you, Island. You know, you're going to be in the W Series next year you know a w series that was paused this year what's that like going out into the world and going going in and you're going to be competing with women uh, uh some very very fast women uh, uh yeah. yes uh you've earned your way in there and and uh what are you thinking as you're about to go do that i am just super excited um like you said this year was was paused unfortunately like Many others have found themselves in the same situation, but I'm just super excited to get the opportunity to be back in a car again. And I think anyone that has, has been racing and love racing, it doesn't matter if you race again, men or women, what you want to do is win, right? You want to improve your driving, improve any aspect of driving if it's in or out of the car. Um, and getting the opportunity through the W series to do that for a full season, which long story short on my end, I haven't been able to compete in a couple of season and do full seasons for a while now and being provided the opportunity through the W series to do that in 2021 is just 
out of this world. I'm just super excited to be back on the grid and, and I can't, can't wait to go compete against these other drivers. Yes. And I think, you know, the most important part is you really, you fought for that and you earned it. And I wish you the best there and, and I'll be following you. I think it's terrific. Um, uh, you know, I yes. also, I want to go with Lauren, you know, you, you've got a, whole set of skills I hadn't realized until you spoke <laughs> earlier. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, let's talk about the transferable skills uh, from the, pad the paddock to other careers and, and projects. Uh, yeah. What are you learning doing this that goes anywhere? So um, I actually, I left racing for a little while for a short period. I actually went to work for Apple um, and it was a really exciting experience. It was incredible. Um, but it also put in sharp relief my passion for racing. Mm -hmm. And there was something about it, to Rosella's point, like there is something about when a car fires up and you're by the exhaust and you smell it and it stirs something in you and you get excited about that. Um, but one of the things, you know, I came away from Apple was racing is a problem and it's a problem to solve. And there's multiple facets to that problem whether it's making the car faster through aerodynamics, whether it's trying to figure out how in the world you're gonna stretch fuel because one extra lap over a 24 hour race is definitely gonna make a difference. Um, it's, all, it's all about problem solving. And I think it's also about attitude, you know? Um, there are some people coming out of school and there's, I don't wanna, I don't wanna loop every, lump everybody together in this like generation, but there is, there's a bit of a chip on the shoulder of some kids that come out of school thinking, well, I have this great degree. I should just be a team manager or I should be a lead engineer. And there's a little bit of real world grunt work, especially in racing where kind of like to best point when it's pre-grid, I don't care. Wipe the car down. You know, you like nobody's above anything. Oh, you forgot a radio at the truck. Well, I'm going to go run and go get it. You know, there's so many different aspects of that. And I, so I think there's an attitude that you just kind of cultivate and the good crew members, the members that people want to work with are the ones that are like that. Hey, I'm not above wiping down the counters in the truck. Hey, no problem. Let me go get that tool for you. Um, I think it is about sort of this mentality of problem solving. And certainly, yes, you need, you do need properly trained engineers. You know, um, but but you also need people that are willing to learn. Maybe you only have experience in one data system, so you think you're not qualified. Nonsense. Nonsense. If you have someone like Rosella who can mentor you, like she did for me, she can teach you, you know, she can teach you all of the different Magneti Morelli where I'm going, Rosella, I don't know what I'm doing here, you know, <laughs> um, because it's just different languages. It's just different languages. And so it's being open to to learning those languages. And um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of us, you know, we've, we've had to kind of dig deep. I think we've also had to prove ourselves. Um, and in some cases, yeah, we've had to prove ourselves more than men for sure. For sure. We've all had to step up our game and prove that we're competent and that we are the right people for the job. You know, I don't want to be hired in a position. I don't want I don't want someone to want me because, oh, because it's a woman and it looks good. No, I want you to hire me because I'm the best person for that job. And um, and I think that's how we all have gotten to where we are is because we've proved that we're competent and we've earned the respect. I think that's a key point, Lauren, because although we talk about this and let's talk about women in motorsport, we, we want to we want everybody to just take a second look at maybe some applicants that might not fit the typical mold of everybody else who's on your team. But the reality is, you're only, you might get an, an interview, but you're only going to hire the people if they have the skill set. And you're certainly only going to stay on the team if you have the skill set. Maybe you do, maybe you do take a shot on somebody, but you're going to know in a pretty short amount of time whether it works or not. And it's based on their ability and their attitude and their work ethic. So really what, what we're trying to, what, one of the things we just want to Make, make sure that people think of is sometimes it is taking a chance on somebody that might have a, a, an unusual background, but you're really hiring based on their attitude, their aptitude, their interest, their work ethic, because the skills can be taught to your point, one data system to the other, no matter what, everybody was a rookie at one point or was new to a particular task. 
But if it's the right mindset and somebody's wired, I know Lauren, you said, even when you worked at Apple, you were working with people that didn't even have any college education yeah, and absolutely. they were just curious and hard workers. And really that's what you can put together on a team. And in the teams that I've uh, been, you know, been part of and, and been um, tasked with building and, and whether it be corporate teams, because of course they have a corporate background prior to the, you know, in addition to the motorsport stuff too, you realize that if you're, if you're building a team based on personalities, especially, okay, racing, there isn't, there isn't time for, for drama. There's enough tr drama on the track. You want to make sure that you've got a, a nice synthesized group of people who are going to have your back are willing to do put in the work are willing to put in the long hours and know that you know if if there's a stumble that somebody else is going to be able to kind of you know pick up the slack and run with it because we're all kind of pulling in you know pulling in the same direction kind of like I said earlier but in a very you know sort of micro way and what a gift it is to be able to choose people to to work among so um I think there's a lot to be said for and we all have experiences of this probably of working with teams or on teams where the dynamic wasn't that strong and that, that you wonder why certain teams maybe are not successful. And part of that comes from the top and it comes from like setting a tone of hard work and, and having individual responsibility. And there's some teams that kind of, I think sometimes stumble with that and, and they might have the wrong combination of people or people that are in racing because they think it's the thing to do or maybe it was their family business and they don't have that core passion that drives them because ultimately the skill set, you know, you can learn. Yes, and I think the ability to be a, a, a great teammate is is critical. And yeah. you know, and you talked about something. I think it was you, Lauren, that mentioned uh, wiping down the car, this sort of thing. I mean, that was one of my earliest observations when I was sneaking into the racetracks with my fake credentials. I I, I did watch Roger Penske and uh, Mark Donahue do menial tasks in support of their teammates. Nothing was below them. They they, they beneath them rather. They would they cared about the people they worked with and they were all in it together to get the job done. And I've certainly seen that, uh, you know, and witnessing what you've done, Beth, and I, I, it was always inspiring to me. You know, you actually legitimately cared about the people you were working with and they were your teammates and uh, very inspiring. Uh, and uh, Rosella, you know, you've been in the motorsports world for a while now and, you know, you're, you're a mentor to some and, and you've learned a lot. How did, you know, when you earned your way in, how did you do that? You know, what was the process? It's, it's a hard work. As, as we all said, you have to have the passion for it, for sure, because it's not easy and it's not easy for anyone. I mean, the good thing that the car doesn't know the gender. So that's a, that's an advantage. So I, I, we all work hard, whether we are female or male, that doesn't matter. Uh, then we have to work in the environment that it's uh, for sure male dominated. So we have to work with them and uh, earn the respect. So probably work extra hard. A uh, good compliment, I think, is when you are in the team and you're considered one of the guys. I started a few years ago and I was the first female race engineer in, in Daytona, actually in the pit lane at Daytona. And I've seen since more women in different positions from drivers, mechanics, engineer, data acquisition, PR, anything, you name it. And, and that's certainly, I can appreciate uh, that the number of females uh, is increasing right now. I had the opportunity to see young females uh, starting in the business and grow. Um, Kay Gundlach is, uh, was starting when I was a race engineer uh, in the team and she obviously went on and progressed very nicely to the top level working in IndyCar. Yeah. I saw a young Katie Crawford and see them obviously become the best in the business in their position. It's, it's very fulfilling. Yeah, there's no barrier to uh, your ability and your uh, just basic intellect. You can go and do anything here. There's no reason yeah. why anybody could think you shouldn't be able to. And, yeah. and uh, that's a societal frame, not a uh, and it's a, it's an outmoded one. I think the one thing I really am impressed with, though, is, uh, you know, I, I deal with a lot of men in racing, as you can imagine. And someone jokingly said to me once, men are emotional, pretending to be practical, and women are practical and perceived to be emotional. And I can tell you from my life experience of dealing with uh, people in the, in the storm of racing, that has been my life experience. 
Um, I've run into a lot more emotional men than I have emotional women. There, there's a there's almost a cold pragmatism of time usage, resource usage. Uh, uh, I don't have time for that. Whatever right now, we got to get this done. That I find in a lot of women I work with, uh, and I, I think that you know that brings me to that kind of work-life balance. Uh, you know, it's an all-consuming sport. Uh, I've most everyone I know is con- they're consumed by it. It, it dominates their life. Uh, first, talk about how you manage it, and and uh, I, I I'd like to go right back to you, Beth, because I got to see you were in the most all-consuming role, I imagine, and and managing. This, this, these disparate programs and having to deal with all that. How did you manage that? Uh, and and what, was your, what was your mindset and outlook dealing with it? Right, and it's funny because I do remind people that although the motorsport stuff is sort of front and center and you'd see it sort of publicly, it was actually 25% of my responsibility at the time because my other 75% was uh, managing a, a brand, uh, a performance brand for a major automaker. And so that has its own you know, list of things to do and, and, a, and a heavy workload. You know, what racing is on the weekends, but Monday through Friday, I'm still, you know, in my office um, tending to all the other sort of other half of stuff. So it was a very difficult thing. And, and obviously, like any anyone who has ever had a, a grueling schedule will tell you, you can't do it without having, a, you know, a great team of people that you are part of, um, either working for you, working with you and, and above you that kind of set certain um, edicts and then other things that you sort of um, can can work on what we had external agencies and such like that but the actual work-life balance and, and the that's one thing to always think of too is racing if you might like it you might be a fan of it but if you actually want to work in it it's a very um it is it's kind of a 365 i mean it, it's it's all you know you're, you don't get weekends off you're going to be working late nights um most of us will tell you that that's fine because that's what we do and we've chosen to do that and sometimes you might miss holidays here or there and yeah, it kind and of becomes your new normal. And most of us will probably also say that, that our racing family is kind of a, a you know, an adjunct family in, in and of itself. But, you know, I think on your personal life, it can get very tough because you are away. And so you have to have a partner who is understanding of that. Um, it's no secret that, you know, many of many people in racing probably have partners in racing or related to racing because they need to understand that, yeah, it's Thursday and I'm getting on a plane again and I'm not going to be back till Sunday night or Monday. And we might miss that, you know, birthday party for the neighbor who's turning seven. Um, that happens. But um, I I think the the thing to, to think of too is that most everybody who is sort of committed to this, even on an amateur level. I mean, we're here studying, t- talking about pro level and we've all been in pro racing or pro-am racing. But realistically, even if this is your hobby and you want to spend more time at it, the the, the time commitment even for that, you work a, a regular nine to five job, you could work in a bank and be such a passionate racer that you want to have a Formula Ford or you want to have your, a spec Miata. Even that commitment, the time commitment, the money commitment, the, the weekends, that's how it starts. And usually the way that we all sort of balance it is you you weave it into that becomes your friend group and it becomes your family group and it becomes the weekends away. And if you have young kids, you're taking them with you with the, you know, the fifth wheel and 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 toting your stuff to the to the local track for the weekend. And then, you know, two weeks from now you're at another weekend. And it becomes that is your activity and it becomes your family, you know, act your becomes your family um, sort of passion as well. And ideally, maybe you've just given birth to more little racers who are going to grow up and work in it too. So it's sort of a self, it's, it's a little life cycle. I can only But Lauren that. of all of us, Lauren can tell you, I mean, she's the one with a, a toddler who might pop up behind her at any moment. No, moment. I'm shocked. He keeps driving his little car by just like the matter of time. <laughs> uh, have you, have you done the setup on the car? Yes, it's it's tuned. I'll tell you, it goes down the slide really fast. Excellent, good. I just want to make sure it. Uh, Wait till he gets to Pinewood Derby. He's gonna like, completely gonna kill it. Pinewood Derby, uh, work-life balance, Lauren. You've had to, and and you know, you're married to a friend of mine who I, I has has had one of the highest pressure jobs one can have uh, in, in racing as well, like you. And uh, I just that helps. I think to have somebody that gets what you do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he just came back from testing in Spain for Formula E. So it's, um, we're like literally doing the baby handoff. um, And when I go testing, it'll be the same. So yeah, it helps to have somebody in the, in the sport. Um, It just helps to have somebody that understands, like you can't be on your phone the whole time. 
Um, you might be in a different time zone. You might be in a different country. Um, as far as kids, um, I'm going back to work and yeah, my little dude will come. It's just kind of like Beth said, like, it's just kind of the way it is. You just kind of integrate that into your life. Um, yeah. You know, it, it also means that I'm doing emails after he goes to bed or before he wakes up. Like it's, it is hard. It's hard to have a balance. And, um, you know, I think it's fair to say that if you want to be a woman in racing, like there are going to be sacrifices you're going to make because of that. Um, some women just choose not to do the kid thing because it just like doesn't fit. Yeah. Uh, and that's totally a fair choice. I get that. Um, we opted to do the kid thing because we're nuts. So, um, you know, we went down that road. So, um, but because I had that support, you know, I couldn't do it without my parents. My parents are 100%, whatever I do, they're in. Um, so they're total, like, we're doing it. We'll get the motor home and we'll go to the racetrack and we're going to do that stuff. So, um, it helps to have that, you know, kind of like what Isla was talking about, like her parents, they were there. It was like, Hey, I'm interested in this. So she had that familial support for me my dad was a snap-on dealer. So when I wanted to play with screwdrivers, like I was allowed to, um, as long as I called them by the right name. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, but I do think, I mean, I, I really do think it's something that, you know, a lot of people, Oh, I really want to get into racing and that's great. Um, but you know, as glamorous as you think it might be, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of airports. It's a lot of hotels. And it's a lot of racetracks super early in the morning and super late at night. Um, and for us, we love it. You know, I've, I've been at the racetrack super late with Rosella working on a Ferrari and you know, it makes for a late night, but because you're doing it with other people that are passionate about it, that want to see the green flag with you in the end, it makes it worth it. Plus I get to FaceTime and my little boy says, Oh, look, mommy's race cars. Yeah. What did you say? Island? I said, and the checkered flag together. Yes, absolutely. Definitely reach that one too. <laughs> it makes you realize why you see why the celebration when you see people jumping around, why they're jumping around so much. There's a lot that got to it. You know, we keep to, we've been talking a lot about the problem solving. You know, on the on the track and and setting up for the car. But the the other side of it is just the business side of of, of racing too. And I mean, like for those of us that have been put in, there's so many people, either ex racers or whatever that are uh, team owners now and managers there's so much like we, we this is the quote-unquote off season and of course that's always the, the running joke because it's the misnomer it's like when we're the busiest because it's the yeah. either you're wrapping up the last season or putting deals together for the next and the um talk about it's similar it's problem solving it's just like a different whole set of it a set of a set of things and and trying to find workarounds and solutions because you have so many moving pieces and so many so many people involved parts involved locations involved uh, you know, and same thing, like even, even when you look at your PR team and your, uh, your logistics team, everybody is, everybody has a role and everybody has to have that same commitment. We're talking, we happen to be talking about engineers or mechanics, but realistically that, that work ethic and that uh, dedication would apply to everybody. I think everybody would agree to, to with that. Yes, sure. And I see though nowadays with that also that there are certainly more female also studying and technology or uh, engineering, science, technology, all of that. And uh, they are interested on how to get into the sport. Some have the the desire. And I think the one good thing is uh, try to talk, I mean, uh, volunteer for internship is a very yes. good thing that I would suggest and recommend is the best way to learn in the background and uh, put yourself out there and trying to learn uh, in, in a low position or the position you're offered or you even if you don't think is exactly what you would like to end up doing, but just accept to get the opportunity to try and check if that's what you want to be and uh, learn thinking what you would do if you were in the position that you're actually trying to obtain, even if it's not, you're starting maybe cleaning the car, but you want to become a race engineer or a mechanic or driver, whatever, just think what you would do if you were in that position. If you want to be an engineer, just think what changes would I make, try to learn from the background and, and grow from there and try and get the opportunity to have put, you know, a step in the door and just go grow. And that's such Absolutely. good advice. Such good advice, Rosella. You know, I mean, it's good life advice, basically, for whatever you want. True. Yeah. And and one of the things I would say as well is if 
if I could go back years and give my myself advice would be ask questions. Don't be afraid of asking questions because most of the time you'll regret not asking them and the people you, you do want to ask them to are more than happy usually to help you and guide you and probably give you a, a longer and deeper answer and not the aspect you're asking for, but in general than, than what you're first seeking to and can lead you in in different directions and, and more opportunities because a lot of the time people don't even know that that's what you want to do because it's never been been raised or asked or or um, can't offered to you thank you yeah um, yeah and i think if, if ask questions like how does this work like lauren yeah. said like she was in the in the workshop later at night even though that wasn't why she was at costworth to begin with that's where she she ended up because she she was interested in, and showed that and and I think that's a, such an important thing to keep in mind that there are no stupid questions because they no. lead to to new answers. So that's and everybody would be so any manager of a team or anybody would be so you're you're showing your interest and you're showing and and certainly you're you're asking there are no there are no stupid questions but there's also a lot of smart questions that you can ask too and you're immediately showing somebody that you're engaged and you're thinking about it maybe three steps beyond, you know, the average person and you're, you're letting them know sort of a little insight into your intellect and interest. And that's always a good way. I know I've seen some of the comments here. People are wondering how to get involved. Um, by the way, I don't know if you've seen in the chat some of the questions that have come in, but uh, got some questions from Lynn St. James. So if there's some great people in the audience, a shout out to Lynn. And with Thank that you, said Lynn. too, um, one thing that I know we all have is we all have had in our careers mentors and we're now not to date ourselves. Isla, you're not, you're excluded from this. We're also of the age where we're, we're mentoring others as well. It's the idea of bringing people up. Um, but with that said, I know Lynn asked two questions here um, about one about how to kind of to how if people want to get involved in racing, how do they do it? And then I think she had another question about if being a woman has actually put, proposed uh, has posed certain challenges that we know. But I'd say the first one about the how to recommend for people that, that are interested in getting in, into racing, I'm seeing some other questions here too from others asking the same question. To Rosella's point, I, the internships, I think just being visible at tracks, track near you, physically go to races, look around. Um, there are, um, you know, local smaller amateur series, amateur series, uh, pro-ams, et cetera, that might be near you. On a given race weekend, even some of those pro races, there are several times six different series that race on the weekend. So there are, you know, even on a big IMSA sports car racing weekend, there is a, a Porsche Cup or a Lamborghini Super Trofeo, the Michelin Pilot Challenge, the Prototype Challenge. You can kind of walk through, and, and what's beautiful about many of these different series, whether it's IndyCar, IMSA, your ticket allows you entry into these different paddocks. So you can actually get, get up close and take a look and realistically very much are close enough where you can ask questions. Certainly if you see Rosella or Lauren or my, myself or Isla, flag us down, ask us questions, but ask them of anybody. And you know, basic questions, you don't wanna get in the middle of, you know, they're, at, they're on their work day, but make yourself known, introduce yourself, Give your, you know, if you have your uh, a business card, something like that, but just just get to know people. And it's, you know, I know everybody likes to say, you know, life is all about who you know, and that's true. But you don't, you might not remember all the people that you already know. You already, everybody has a network. So the idea is to be aware of your network, build your network, foster the network you have. Let people know that you're interested in racing. You don't know that maybe somebody that works with your mom or dad might have a brother who works in racing. You might not know that until you voice your interest and your passion and start just kind of talking about it out loud. Doors might start to open that you might not have ever even realized were there. So certainly encourage everybody to just kind of promote yourself and, and talk about what, where you'd like to get to. Um, and then to, to like some of the things we've talked about earlier, it's you're not gonna necessarily be disregarded just because you don't have a mechanical engineering degree from the you know University of Michigan. That's not what this is about. I think another great way looking um, at the panel, a lot of people have been talking about um, volunteering. Volunteering at racetracks is another great way to get involved yeah. in the sport. Um, some of the things, there's also a couple of people that have been posting, they're behind the scenes, but um, timing and scoring, working for a series, 
you might not realize yes. it, but you get great exposure working for a series. And um, maybe you have a skill set that the series needs, whether um, it's, you know, monitoring transponders or it's work on the tech truck or whatever, you know, even a competition, um, you know, yeah, okay. My husband works in the competition field now, but he started as a mechanical engineer. So there's a bunch of different avenues. You know, racing isn't all about the team, right? Um, I know, Paul, you earlier had some people talking about doing um, the actual broadcast and like what happens with the broadcast. There are people in pit lane. There are pit lane reporters. There's so much to a single mm -hmm. racing event. It's yeah. so much bigger than just the couple of like jobs that just the four of us have held, you know? Right. It's yeah. so much bigger and it's there growing. Are, yes, and there are position for internship also with the with the sanctioning bodies too. Exactly. I mean, even for junior position with techni technical inspection or what else or um, timing and scoring and also pit lane, everything. But at least you can get uh, the first, uh, first view and, and just get in. And also for people like in, in the uh, technology or engineering university that want to get in, the, the good thing is doing data acquisition. Um, it's a very good position because it allows you to actually learn a lot, um, see what the car is doing uh, from the computer, also not only on the track. And don't, under, oh, don't close yourself in and just look at the squiggly lines though. Always remember to look at the whole pictures and what tires, how the tires look when the car comes back and everything else. Little details here and there will tell you a lot. But that's a good position to grow if someone is studying that and wants to be involved in racing, I think. It gives you an opportunity, again, to think forward and see what I would do in that position because you have all the tools. Uh, you have a radio. You listen to driver's feedback. Uh, you you can hear what the engineering is suggesting, but you always try and be a step ahead and say what I would do in that position. That I think is a very good way of learning. And if you ever had the opportunity uh, to jump in and, and do something else that you're used to, uh, it's a very, very good opportunity to take and to actually go with it. Not just what you want, the task that you want to pursue, but try and widen your horizon and, and do it. Uh, I was lucky to, to be able to drive at times and it's been very useful and it gives you the opportunity to actually see and, and feel firsthand when you have a driver's feedback or what, what he's talking about. And it was very good. Yes, that's a good point, I think. And uh, you made a number of good points, Rosella, but one of the things I'm really getting from listening to you in particular is just do it, to show up. Uh, make the connections, learn, observe, do all the things you're probably good at anyhow, uh, and persistence and commitment pays off. Uh, I, have, I can tell you from personal experience, I've seen many young women and men enter as interns and end up in leadership levels eventually in the sport by just becoming passionate. And, and, uh, and that's why I think this is so important to include uh, the full spectrum of, of humanity, uh, women and men in motorsports. So uh, I, I, this has been fascinating. And, and uh, I, I commend you, Beth, in assembling this, this great panel tonight. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you again for giving us the opportunity. And honestly, um, although we say about, you know, mentoring, we've mentored others, we've had good mentors. The other thing is having men who have supported us and have given us different chances and honestly, Paul, you have been a, a, a great friend and a great mentor, and you have been behind the cause of, of diversity in motorsport for many, many years. And you and I have had a lot of talks about it, and you have been a champion. And honestly, I'm grateful for you. Well, thank you. I'm grateful for you, Beth. And I wish you the best, too, with Grace Autosport. I think it's a brilliant idea. Thank and, you. Uh, I, I, I know you are the most committed, determined person. Uh, yeah, you will do big things with Grace. And... Lauren, it's great to see you again. Isla, it's fantastic to meet you. And Rosella, it's great to see you. And please uh, uh, say hello to my rascal friend, Philip. Uh, <laughs> Will do, thank you. You as well to Scott. Uh, and goodbye. Thank you. Uh, th thank you. What a great panel. Beth, we are big, huge fan of you know what you do. And uh, and Paul, when, when we decided to do this together back in the summer, and we made the announcement, and I think the next day Paul called me. He said, "I got a call from Beth. Do you know Beth?" 
I said, yes, yes, I do. And she said, oh my God, I, I, I want to be involved. This is so awesome. And thank you, Beth, uh, really. And if I can share personal experience, that uh, first and foremost, the co-founder of Portrait, Judy Kin. Uh, so, you know, she's not on the panel. She should have been on the panel, but she's in the production team and she's working <laughs> behind the scene. And, uh, and Judy uh, has been in the industry for over 20. I mean, we're talking about her on, on the panel before, you know, she knows everybody in the business. Everybody knows Judy. And that's another example of a great uh, uh, a woman doing an incredible career in motorsport. And I started my first boss at my first job. Her, her name was Christelle. Uh, she was running the uh, track in Manicourt and I worked for her. And my second boss, her name was Monique. And John, you might remember Monique, we saw her in the mall. Um, she was uh, running the marketing team for Castro. Um, and, uh, and that was the most, first most fun job I ever had. I was the assistant of the assistant of the assistant of Monique. And uh, I was in charge of you know, putting stickers everywhere on every track. And, and Castro at that time was involved in every type of motorsport, from motorcycle to the world speed record. You remember that trust, Paul? Remember the, uh, yeah. the big truck? Okay. I didn't go to that event because I was still an intern, but uh, uh, I did so many cool things. So Monique was my second boss. And yeah, absolutely. There were so many women in, in, in the industry and what a fascinating panel. So uh, wish you all the very, very best. And uh, let's go change the world. Uh, you know, I, uh, I still have that dream of a woman's face on the Borg Warner Trophy. Uh, um, I'm not putting pressure on you, Beth. But it might be Isla's. Islands right there above you, ready to go. So let's let's. Uh, I think it's an inevitability. It's not a. It's not an if. It's a when. So mm -hmm. thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you. you all. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.